Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, I'm chatting with Sabrina Cadini. She's an event designer and planner specializing in weddings and nonprofit fundraisers. She's recently expanded her operation to include business coaching for wedding entrepreneurs, helping them implement strategies for life-work balance, productivity, and focus tasking. Sabrina, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Before we jump into more about your business, I always start things off with asking a little bit about you. So can you tell us a little bit about you and what you like to do maybe when you're not busy working? Absolutely. So I live in sunny San Diego, California. I consider myself very, very lucky to be here. I'm a wife. I'm a mother of a 26-year-old boy, and I am owned by a beautiful Himalayan cat. I think cats own you. You own a dog, but cats own you. <laughs> so <laughs> their personality. And, uh, you know, it's funny because when people ask me what I do and they hear I'm an event planner, they tell me, wow, I'm sure your daily life is extremely organized. And yes, it is in order to keep my daily schedule under control and make sure that I can feed all of my clients and have time for myself. However, Milet, I have to tell you, my personal life is definitely more relaxed and, and sometimes even last minute when it comes to my free time. And weekends, for instance, are very low key and not always filled with a lot of things to do. And in fact, I don't have, if I don't have an event or a wedding on a weekend, I just love to stay home do nothing and enjoy my free time. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, because I think, yeah, I think that's a, a common thread with a lot of entrepreneurs because yeah. we're so busy when we're not busy. We just want to slump around on the couch and stay in our PJs all day. <laughs> so true. So true. And since I organize my life clients all the time, I don't want to organize my life too much. So mm -hmm. it's always very low key and very, very easy, I would say. Exactly. Now, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your business journey. So I would love to know a little bit more about how you got started coaching and what really led you to make that jump into coaching in the first place. Sure. So I started uh, mentoring aspiring wedding planners. It was about six years ago when I was uh, serving on the board of the Association of Bridal Consultants as the director for the San Diego Local Networking Group. And I have to say, I really enjoyed it. I never thought that my event planning job could give me the um, opportunity to teach and mm -hmm. share my expertise with younger professionals in the industry. But then after a few colleagues approached me and asked me to assist them with their business, I decided that coaching was definitely the best way to continue my legacy and inspire other business owners like me. Because, you know, the job of an event planner, um, and especially a wedding planner, is extremely demanding and stressful. And if you're not careful to set boundaries with your clients, it can really affect your life. Of course, I'm not saying that having a job is not stressful. It is for everybody. But wedding planners are prone to absorb their clients' stress when while planning their wedding. Mm -hmm. And there's also that, how can I say, that emotional aspect 
that plays a very important role during the planning. So we, we become the couple's financial advisor helping with the budget. We become their therapist dealing with family issues. We become their personal assistant uh, helping them with the planning process. So it's very difficult to do that and run a business at the same time. Mm. So many wedding planners have a great sense of style. They're very creative. They do a wonderful job at putting together all the little details and make the wedding look pretty, but they don't know much about the business side and how to make money. So many professionals, they undercharge. They're forced to close down after like one year because they can afford it. And so after seeing many planners starting their own company and slowly transition to other jobs because they didn't make any money, uh, that made me think, well, maybe I can help them stay in business and actually become more profitable and successful. I've been a planner for more than 25 years. I'm sure I can help them with strategies and solutions to stay in business for that long too. So that was the initial, uh, the the starting point, I would say. So when you're doing event planning or wedding planning, are you just focusing on one at a time or, or could you have multiple events and weddings that you're working on? I usually do, especially during the summer. That's really a busy, busy time for me because I might be working on like three, four weddings and two events at the same time. And couples always tell me I could never imagine planning more than my wedding at the same time. I would die. (laughs) I would kill myself because it's a lot of work. And as I said, I go always above and beyond for my clients. It's not only the planning part, but I try to be their friend their uh, consultant, their, I don't know, their, their psychologist, you know, so I really want to provide an experience for them, a memorable experience. They don't hire me for the planning only, but also to provide a personal assistant. So it's a, it's a great relationship that I establish with my clients. Well, it brings to mind that image of a person that's like spinning these plates on poles <laughs> and they're running from here to there and, and going as fast as they can to keep all of the plates spinning. And I know that with coaching, coaches usually have multiple clients or they have multiple things that they're offering. But when you're talking about planning these events, not only have you got multiple events, you've got a lot of different things within each event that you're working on, not to mention all of the the interpersonal relationships that are going on at the same time. So I can totally see how people that are in this entrepreneurial business, like you said, if they're really more of a creative, having to deal with all of those moving parts might just be really going against the grain of the type of person they are in the first place. Absolutely. I I agree with you. Yeah, definitely. It's very hard because, again, you have to take care of different moving parts. And uh, also you have to listen and deal with different personalities. With weddings, you have the families involved. So, again, you always have to keep a wonderful smile <laughs> and go on with the flow, right? <laughs> But yes, it's not only the the visuals, the the planning part, but also the business side, which a lot of creative entrepreneurs, not only wedding planners, have a very hard time with. Right. Well, when people are creative, that's what they thrive on. That's what they want to do. And a lot of times the business aspect is it can be either overwhelming or just boring and not something that they really want to put their energy into. Totally, totally right. 
because so it sounds like you sort of have a nice mix between that creativity and that businessy side. Do you find that to be true about yourself? Yes, absolutely. And that's why I promote myself as a designer and a planner, because I am pretty lucky to have both qualities. So I can come up with a vision for my clients once I know what their expectations are. And at the same time, I can keep everything under control and keep track of all their payments, budget, expenses, um, agreements, uh, coordination with all the vendors, with the venue, and so on. It's a lot of work, but I really like it. I really enjoy it. And I, at the end, when the wedding or the event happens, I love to see the transformation, to see the vision come to life. That's what makes me extremely happy. And of course, the smile on my client's face, thinking, oh my goodness, you did an amazing job. That's what I really love. Some of the things that I read in your bio that you're helping other entrepreneurs with, like work-life balance, productivity, and focus tasking. Let's talk a little about focus tasking, because I actually had to ask you about this before we started, because I've never really heard of it. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's part of my uh, of a personal experience that I uh, had a few years ago, when I realized that multitasking was destroying my life. And uh, since I work on several events at the same time, I sometimes have to deal with different clients at the same time, different tasks at the same time, different emergencies at the same time. So whenever I can, I try to focus on one project, one task, one goal at a time. Because we as human beings are not programmed to deal with several things at the same time. And it can slow down the process of achieving your goals. So what I'd really like to do is focus on one thing at a time. And I said like blocks during the mm -hmm. day. So I know that I have to work on a specific event. I have to work on responding to emails. I have to work on creating a vision board for a client. But they are always my main focus my main they get my main attention every single minute basically i cannot deal with different things happening because that will slow down the process and i will be more distracted so that's what i usually do and all of my coaching programs have a section dedicated to focus tasking a lot of my clients are are you serious is it really what you're teaching <laughs> because this is impossible in our modern society <laughs> but it can be well, done i don't know that it's Necessarily impossible. I mean, in my experience, there really isn't such a thing as multitasking because when I try to do more than one thing, I'll either forget what I was doing and then like 15 minutes later, I'm like, oh yeah, I left a pot on to boil or oh yeah, I, I left the dog outside, you know, and I get totally distracted and forget what I was doing. Or I'm going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I get so frustrated because I'm not really accomplishing anything on anything. I'm just busying myself. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. So when you shifted, or I, I don't guess you really shifted. I mean, you're still a, a event planner. You still do that. You just also do the business coaching. Is that right? Correct. Yes. So when you were getting that coaching aspect of your business started, can you talk to us about a low point that you experienced when you were getting that business off the ground? 
You know, uh, I'd like to share a personal experience that started even before I realized that I wanted to expand my services to coaching. And I think that was like the the starting point that was what really, really motivated me to start coaching uh, colleagues of mine and then creative entrepreneurs. And that started around, I would say, 2011. It was a few years ago. It was an extremely busy year for me. It was very successful. I booked a lot of events. I was involved with several nonprofit organizations as their hospitality chair or event planner. And I had very little time to relax. So I was always working, 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 talking about multitasking, right? Exactly what we were talking about (laughs) a few minutes ago. And so I started sleeping less, trying to make up for the time that I needed to work and serve my clients. I remember towards the end of the year, I was exhausted and I started to experience different symptoms that seemed unrelated to each other. I was suffering from frequent sinus infections. I had constant joint pain. I had trouble concentrating. I was constantly anxious and something just didn't feel right. I know it was, there was something wrong. And I also started to develop this um, very negative mindset. Mm-hmm. And I realized I wasn't enjoying working with my clients anymore. And that was not right. So everything I was doing was not fun anymore. So at first I thought, well, maybe I'm experiencing uh, burnout, which happens often to us planners at the end of the busy season. But I knew there was something else. And so this generated a lot of overwhelm, a lot of frustration. And the more I was thinking and worrying about it, the less I was able to find a solution, of course. And on top of that, my doctor couldn't find any cause to the symptoms and all the tests were fine. And so this was also adding to my uh, frustration. So I would say this was a very low point in my career because I felt stuck. I felt I was not serving my clients in the right way and uh, I needed to find a solution. So after about six months living like this, something happened. I turned to the internet. Mm -hmm. I know the internet, right? (laughs) People might laugh. (laughs) But I started researching the symptoms. I had to see if there was some type of correlation. And I found a lot of articles, a lot of studies about food allergies, how the immune system works, uh, about body and mind connection. And it turned out that some foods could be the ones to blame for my condition. So I started to eliminate sugar, gluten, and dairy from my diet. And also lack of sleep was something that I could not ignore any longer. So I forced myself to sleep at least seven hours each night. And Meleta, I have to tell you, after a couple of weeks, I was a different person. I felt happier, lighter, my mind was clearer. I remember I was waking up in the morning and the first thing that I wanted to do was singing. (laughs) Never happened in my life. (laughs) Completely different. My energy levels were very high and my work performance was amazing. I felt like a new person. So this experience really changed my life completely and it actually helped me grow the coaching business, Mm -hmm. because then I I realized that people like me, solo entrepreneurs like me, really need to get things in balance within their body. They need to start from them, from their body in order to have a successful uh, job. Right. Well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because with you teaching people about work-life balance. And I mean, I've heard people say, oh, there's really no such thing as work-life balance. You really can't balance, but you have to focus on one thing at a time. And 
I don't know. I mean, I sort of believe that, but I get what you're saying, which is if you're not taking care of yourself, that's going to come out. Whether it comes out as a negative mindset or physical symptoms or just undermining your progress in your business, if you're not taking care of yourself first, somehow that's going to express itself. Absolutely. Sooner or later, you will pay for that. Definitely. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, I talk about life work balance, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. So for me, life, personal life comes first, then work can get done. So this is something a little different from what people talk about. Uh, I, I remember I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago and the guest was a celebrity wedding designer. And one of the questions was, uh, how do you keep the right work-life balance? And uh, he simply responded saying, well, you know, you have to be careful not to work for too many hours during the day. But other than that, I don't really know. Life is so busy for everyone. And I was so mad. That response was so disappointing <laughs> to me because it re didn't really provide any solution to the problem. And it also confirmed that, as you said, Many people don't realize that in order to achieve the right balance, you have to start from within your body. And so my four basic principles are clean eating, because, you know, we're so tempted by fast foods all over, but you need to be careful to what you eat, adequate sleep, regular exercise, and time for yourself. It's very simple principles, but if you are consistent with them, you can definitely achieve a lot of goals. Well, and I think, you know, part of what you're talking about with clean eating, I think that we can get into these cycles where if something isn't going quite right, it's really easy to make yourself feel good with something that tastes really good. And then that sort of just masks. You can feel good for a second. And, and then you just need it again. You need, you need a little more sugar. Absolutely. You need a little more, a few more chips to, to make you feel good the next day. Yes, totally. Oh my gosh. Sugar is my weakness. I tell you, I love sweets. I love desserts. I love chocolate. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard for me to, to stay away from it. You know, it's too tempting. Well, let's talk about getting some momentum because that's one thing that a lot of people really, they have a hard time. When they're first getting started, you know, really getting to that point where they feel like this is going to work. I have something here and it's it's going to be good. So can you talk about a time in your business where you started to feel like this is going to work? This is good for me. Absolutely. You know, it's by talking to my clients and uh, hearing what they are accomplishing in their business thanks to my strategies and thanks to my coaching. And I remember I... Um, one of my clients called me about a month ago. She is a wedding planner like me. She's been in the business for more than 10 years. So she was not new. She's been in the business. She knows right. what the wedding industry looks like, but she was never able to make it like she wanted. And she had great expectations, but she was constantly struggling with getting clients, with being fairly compensated for her services. And she just felt disconnected from the industry. So we had been working together for about six months, I would say. And on the call last month, she told me she had booked three new clients by charging a higher fee with more confidence, by offering better services. Her social media accounts are getting new followers every day. 
And she had just landed a two-page feature on an upscale wedding magazine in her city, something that she would have never expected. Wow. So something like that really uh, started to happen since I started to expand my services to business coaching. And every time I hear something like that, such a great testimonial, I think, well, I think I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. And I love to serve people. I love to really help them uh, become uh, successful. Well, let's talk a little bit about that experience. What do you think is something that usually holds people back from making that sort of progress? Because that sounds like that's a lot of really cool stuff that started happening for Mm -hmm. this person right away. Or or the way you're telling the story, I mean, it seems like things were kind of rolling along pretty quickly. What sort of a shift or a change did that person make to sort of open those floodgates for themselves? I think she wanted, not wanted, but she needed someone to really push her beyond certain limits and uh, increase her confidence. Because by being in the business for such a long time and not seeing any results, she was very demotivated. And she thought, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not the right professional. Maybe I don't have the right client. So a lot of doubts, a lot of uh, questions came to her mind. And with me trying to put her on the right path and guiding her through the right journey, that gave her more confidence and uh, allowed her to achieve more goals, to achieve more results. So a couple of things that you said that kind of stuck out to me seems like a lot of people really need that accountability. Like, especially if they've been doing things for a while, they sort of get stuck in a rut or they, they get used to doing it a certain way and they just sort of assume, eh, this is all I'm going to be able to do. But when you have somebody that, A, not only pushes you a little bit, but also is going to be there and say, what did you get done? What did, what did you accomplish this time? You know, that's going to give us a little bit more of that motivation to, to actually take some action. Absolutely. And that's pretty much the job of a business coach because business coach should have an action plan for your clients, for his clients or her clients, and just make sure that the client follows along because if they don't follow, then there's no point for the coach to work with these uh, clients. And that's exactly what you wanted. Also, I have to say in our industry, well, in many industries, but in our industry in particular, we as wedding planners get older, but our clients keep getting younger because we work with younger couples every single year. And uh, today we work mostly with millennial couples. And if you have been in the business for a long time and you don't adapt yourself to the new technology and tools that we have available, you will inevitably become an old planner, <laughs> old-fashioned planner, you know, so young couples will never hire you. And that was one of her problems as well. She doesn't like to, she did it. Now she's starting, but she didn't like to use text messaging, which a lot of couples use. She had a hard time to use email. So she was still, you know, one of those people calling on the phone and young couples don't want to be bothered on the phone. <laughs> so there was a, a lot of things that we needed to adjust and uh, bring her back to the path <laughs> and, and let her connect more with the right client, basically. Well, let's unpack that a little bit because you've said a few things that Oh, really have me thinking here. So yes. there's this idea of, you know, working with your ideal client and 
you know, the way that you sort of have presented this, it's almost like, and, and this may be industry specific too, in the wedding industry, if this person really didn't want to to change and work with millennials, would there be a way that she could focus specifically on her ideal client? And if that ideal client happened to be a person that didn't use a lot of social media or didn't didn't do yeah. this, could she go for a certain niche or is it more about, you know, you, you have to be there for who is having a wedding? No, definitely. That's definitely a great uh, question. And yes, that person can definitely uh, specialize in a certain type of client. However, if she doesn't adapt to the new technologies, she will be limited to older couples. And, you know, second, third marriages are not very uh, common. And also, they don't usually hire a planner because that's usually, well, it's a second wedding. It will be very casual, very low-key. We don't really need the help of a professional. So they will probably not hire a professional wedding planner, you know, so that's, I think. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And it's really interesting because in coaching, when we think about working with our ideal client, we can be pretty snobby if we want to be. Right. <laughs> and that person needs to, to look just like we do and act just like we do. Right. And, and we can really focus in on that person that that's just going to make us so happy to to get on Skype with or to communicate with. But there are some niches where you have to be a little bit more broad and you have to be willing to adapt a little bit more to the industry. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And and I see this with a lot of uh, established wedding planners because they don't really think it's necessary to uh, adapt to the new technologies. But it's really, really important, especially in the wedding industry. And it just seems like in that industry, if you don't adapt that just gradually your client base is just going to fall away and you're going to look around and say, where did everybody go? Definitely, definitely. And especially millennial couples, which I absolutely love because they want a very meaningful and personalized wedding, which is absolutely my favorite type of celebration. Uh, they want someone to relate to and they want, they'd rather hire someone younger maybe with less experience, but who understands their needs and who can communicate on the same level. So that's why it's very important for us who are more established and who have been in the business for many, many years to really understand what they do, what their lifestyle is, and go with mm -hmm. that. Because otherwise, you will not even be considered for their wedding. Right. Well, I think that's really important in the business that you're creating with the business coaching is to be able to deliver that message to people who may not really want to hear it. But if they want their business to thrive, it's something they need to understand. Definitely. And I think it's part of uh, a creative uh how can I say, a creative personality for a planner. A planner should be creative. A planner should uh, suggest new ideas, unique ideas. And by being uh, updated with the latest technology, social media, tools and apps, shows that you are a true professional and you always keep yourself up to date. So I think that's a good quality that you can show to your clients. So what does the future look like for you? What are you creating next in your business? 
Uh, so I am a huge fan of technology, as you probably heard. <laughs> and so I am thinking about creating a live streaming show on Facebook for Weddingpreneurs, which is my community. I also created a, a branded a hashtag, Weddingpreneurs. And uh, there I will share tips on life work balance, on focus tasking, and the use of technology and social media in order to be more productive and as a result, more profitable. I will have guests who are uh, different experts in different uh, areas. And so it'll be like a conversational show to just uh, share and inspire other people. In the wedding planning industry, do you find that relying on relationships is a, a big way to grow your business? Or is everybody sort of every man for himself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I think relationships are extremely important in our uh, community, in our business. And actually, I um, was at a conference. I was speaking at this conference about a month ago. And the uh, my talk was vendor relationships, because I strongly believe in uh, the sense of community, uh, getting together uh, and uh, really creating these long lasting relationships, because they can bring business to you. They can bring referrals, they can let you grow together. So it's really important that you uh, make friends in the industry. I don't believe in competition. I call the other planners my colleagues. They're not competitors because there's work for everybody. We each have a different personality and so we can appeal to different clients. Uh, so I never thought about competition, but mostly friends who can help each other grow because you can uh, see what the other people are doing and get ideas. So be inspired. You can refer business to other people if you are busy. I mean, with the wedding industry as a planner, I cannot take more than one wedding per weekend. Right. So if I get a new inquiry, I know that I can refer them to a great friend of mine because she's doing an amazing job and she will uh, make them very happy. So, yes, I strongly believe in relationships because they can help each other and they can uh, let us grow together. So do you find that other wedding planners are receptive to you being a weddingpreneur coach? I, the reason I ask this is that I spoke to someone a little while back and, and she was like, you know, when I got into coaching... These folks just don't like to ask for help. They mm. like to make it look like they know what's up. <laughs> so do you find that people really approach you and they're receptive to that coaching aspect? Or are they a little bit more like, oh, yeah, the youngsters will love you, but I don't need it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, I see that. Especially the established wedding planners. They mm -hmm. sometimes don't have, how can I say, the humility to ask for help. Right. Because they right. think they've seen it all. They know how to do it. They don't really need my help. But sometimes they make mistakes like everybody else. We all make mistakes. And uh, they should listen to someone else and maybe grow in a different area because mm -hmm. maybe some of them lack in, in certain specific uh, areas in their professional life. But yes, I agree with you. Some more experienced wedding planners have a little hard time to ask for help. People that are getting into it that really just love the idea of the creativity side are probably pretty open to getting help on the business side. 
Oh, definitely, yes. And what they love is really this life-work balance, which go, because it's not usually something that uh, they consider. They're too busy, so they mm-hmm. ignore themselves. And when right. I show them that you come first, they say, oh my gosh, this is an eye-opener. This is a game-changer for me, and I'm working better. So it's a win-win situation at that point. So do you tend to work with people more one-on-one or how do you generate revenue in your coaching business? Yes, I have one-on-one programs. Um, I'm thinking about expanding to group coaching, but I don't know if I want to do it. I'm, how can I say, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of my one-on-one assistants. I really want to dedicate enough time to each client and really get to know the client, really get to know their needs, their challenges, and and find uh, a custom solution for them. So right now I have several coaching programs available for wedding entrepreneurs. I also have some creative entrepreneur. I'm working with a graphic designer, a professional home organizer who are not in the Mm. wedding industry. So it's very interesting to see how they um, work with their clients. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, yes, it's a one-on-one consultation. I also offer uh, hourly consultations. That's usually the case with new clients who are not sure they want to sign up for the entire program. So they want right. to like test the waters here sure. or clients who finished the program and before they are ready to sign up for another series of sessions, they want to stay on track with their business goals. Yeah, I think that's interesting what you're saying about getting some clients that aren't strictly wedding planners. And I think that a lot of people will, they try to be super broad at first when they really need to be niching down. But it almost seems like what you're doing is you did start really small with just the the wedding planners, but then sort of like these ancillary groups are starting to say, hey, she's doing that with wedding planners. She could help me too, because I'm in sort of a similar situation. Absolutely. And we're all all human beings. And since I touch on the personal side, mm-hmm. hey, I can help really everyone, right? right. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to help everyone because I believe in niching down. But again, creative <laughs> entrepreneurs have a hard time with the creativity and the business side. So right. I really need to let them find a balance in their life. So what would you say is your favorite strategy these days for just getting the message out there, for bringing new people to the business and and letting people know who you are and what you offer? Yeah, so social media in general, I'm a huge fan and I have fun with it while driving traffic, leads and sales to my business. I think it's the best way today to stay connected with your community and your prospective or current clients. However, Millet, the best tool I use for my marketing is live video. Hands down, live video. Yes, I started using Periscope since June of 2015. And more recently, I'm expanding to Facebook Live and live streaming literally changed my business. It allowed me to reach a wider audience because my clients are located all over the world. And thanks to technology, we can connect remotely via video on different platforms. Uh, It also amplified my exposure. It gave me the opportunity to show my viewers who I am instead of hiding behind my brand or my logo. And most of all, the ability to engage with them in uh, real time. You know, live video has been a game changer in, for my business because it adds that no like and trust factor and it creates authentic relationships. 
So how are you utilizing that? Do you, do you create a live and then post it into your own personal page or group or, or how are you utilizing the, uh, the live aspect? Yes. So I used to live broadcast every single day when I started because I was so, <laughs> I mean, I would love the platform so much. Now it's mostly once or twice a week. I have uh, these shows that are called the Weddingpreneurs Lounge, where I talk about a specific topic. So I create a live broadcast that stays on Periscope on uh, every Wednesday. And I have a uh, similar one on Facebook live every Thursday. And, um, and then I write a blog post related to the topic and I post it on my blog. And then I take little snippets here and there and promote it on social media throughout the week. So knowing what you know now about starting up a coaching business, what would be one action step that you would suggest for a brand new coach who's just getting started? What would be something they should do first? You know, I think my suggestion, my suggestion is um, if they haven't done it yet, create a signature program, something that, that really sets them apart from the other coaches in their niche. I was, uh, I remember I was struggling at the beginning, trying to find a way to stand out because I mean, who am I? I'm just a new coach trying to help other people. How can they find me? How will they sign up with me? Why? And uh, I wanted to find a way for people to find me and say, yes, I want to work with Sabrina because she's different and she offers something that other business coaches don't. You know, it's pretty much like the concept of finding a niche in your industry. Same thing. You know, so that's what I would suggest. Try to really uh, set yourself apart from the rest of the other coaches. Yeah, that's great advice. Sabrina, this has been really good. I would love to finish up now with the final five rapid fire questions. Yes. So what is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Oh, I would say consistency. This allows me to be always there for my clients provide the best service ever, have something new and great for them all the time. And at the same time, keep growing as an individual and as a professional. What's one quality that you think every successful coach needs to develop? Uh, I think we briefly touched on that earlier, and that is being motivating. Because my clients come to me because they need guidance. They need someone who can show them a way to change and become a better person and a better professional. So if you're not able to motivate your clients, you will both fail. Recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. So one of the things that I really like about my business coaching practice is the um, ability to work with clients from all over the world thanks to technology, which I use every single day. We use video for coaching sessions, and so that works great. And I have to say, a book that really helped me getting that mindset where I can work basically from anywhere was The Suitcase Entrepreneur by Natalie Sisson. I bought the book back in 2013 when the, the trend of digital entrepreneur was just starting. And uh, it really helped me uh, understand better how I can set up like a virtual office and just work uh, everywhere I am, basically. It doesn't really matter if you're a constant traveler or just want the freedom to work from home or from uh, different locations. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. 
Yeah, so I recently started to use Life Coach Hub. I don't know if you know about that. It's uh, lifecoachhub.com. And uh, this is an online coaching software where I can manage my clients. I can keep track of all the sessions, send agreements, store documents, create action plans for them, do invoicing. I mean, there are so many things that you can do that I don't really remember right now, but it's a great place to keep everything in one uh, place, basically. And the site provides uh, several tools that allow coaches to produce multiple uh, streams of income, like selling courses, selling products, or special offerings online. And there's also a professional coach directory where they can create a listing and get leads from prospective clients. And there, are, there there's much more. I mean, you can go to lifecoachhub.com. Maybe you can put it in the notes of the, the podcast. And there are also articles with useful information and tips on how to be a successful coach. So again, it's a, it's a great resource for me, and I really like it. So finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platforms are you on and what's your website? Uh, they can find me at Sabrina Cadini pretty much everywhere because, again, I love social media on Twitter, <laughs> on uh, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn. I'm on Snapchat sometimes, not as often as uh, I was. And as I mentioned earlier on Periscope. And uh, my Facebook business page for the business coaching is Sabrina Cadini Coaching. Well, I'll be sure to get all of those links and recommendations onto the show notes page. This has been such an enjoyable conversation. I want to thank you so much, Sabrina, for joining me today. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.